Hello, guys. At least before the NFL championship game kicks off, we, we still have to come on air and give you guys at least our opinions, our knowledge, try to make you laugh, make you smile. It's the about nothing podcast, and I think the happiest man NFL wise in this pod tonight is definitely Akin because he was scared shitless last week that, oh my God, we're playing the deals, momentum, and every other thing. But I'm sure he must have been the happiest man on the watching from wherever he was watching or the happiest man in North Carolina when he saw that field go go wide right. Akin, are you confident are you more confident this week or so help us God again this week? Uh, so help us God is still <laughs> I think we are right <laughs> on that too for now to be honest. I mean the, the matchup is interesting. It's an interesting one if you ask me. Uh, but it's interesting for so many fact like because we can't do without numbers right and we can't do without stats like if you bring the two teams to like the table on paper, um, Ravens, uh, Ravens are the Ravens actually have an have an edge to be honest. But then there's always one factor that speaks for the Chiefs, and that's the quarterback. There's always PM fifteen man. So <laughs> people are just hoping that he comes up with one of those tricks in his bag and just like lead his team to a win or just winning his job, the, the championship and that's what we're relying on but we can also separate the fact that the Ravens all through the regular season have, I mean they've been an immense uh, they've been great immensely on both fronts offense wise and defense and um, the, the, the quarterback Lama Jackson seems to have like a lot to prove also so we don't know what we're getting today from the guy and that's one of the things that <laughs> that makes every Chiefs fan on the edge right now. But at the end of the day, hope um, Patrick Mahomes comes over with like a bank and who knows, we'll see what happens at the end of the day, at the end of the game. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> all I have to say on that. <laughs> um, with the way we oppressed, remember you're talking about the NFL last week. I didn't watch the Super Bowl last year. I, I don't think going to watch the Super Bowl again this year. But who knows, by later this year, once August comes, I'm sure by this point, it's going to become very angry. And you know what? These guys need to stop this. I'm going to become an, an NFL aficionado and fan before August. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw the... I think I saw... I don't know what they call it, like the playoffs to the championship. And Jillian Hurt's team was just dropping the ball in here. It was, it was very painful for me to watch because in the Super Bowl last year, he was one of the players I was cheering for, and he had a very good game. So it was so abysmal to see his team just keep dropping the ball like like bunch of rookies. So I, I think by this time next year, you guys should be ready for me. Translation: Fear my coming. Um, Bolish, I know we said this on we we just said this like before the. Um, divisional game started last week. We we're talking about kickers and field goals and stuff like that. If only we had known that the game between the Bills and the Chiefs was going to get to the point whereby a field goal was going to be important. Because looking at it, I understood what the Bills were trying to do for that final drive where, where they kept going, like, okay, do not get the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. He's that bad, like, he's that great. So, one way or the other, We'll take it, we'll take it, we'll take that, we'll take our time, we'll run, we'll call plays in a way that we'll milk the clock. Best option, we'll score a touchdown, we'll take, we'll take the lead. What's come to us, we'll kick a field goal, then we'll have taken so much of the time as well, then we'll see how it goes from there. The plan worked up until the point where, okay, they couldn't convert on third and nine, they decided to go for that field goal. Then the minutes 
the field go away the minute so why, Tyler why, did, why, did, why did the plan not work uh you, you, you know you people like to uh gloss over some things you kill every other person you don't want to kill some people when people who like some players or like some uh athletes they don't get the full brunt of the of the stick i'm coming there i'm coming to the fact that okay josh allen gets a different defense to other quarterbacks that's that's like that's where i'm I'm driving to eventually because after we saw the whole thing after i failed to come out of third and nine the field goal went the way it went the the rest of the to me the way i say it is recently i was complaining about the fact that i was nominated for mvp was nominated for mvp two last year when they increased the list to five this year he was nominated for mvp and he was not even um, called up for the pro bowl and by monday the, um, last Monday after the game, you could see people say, oh my God, especially Danilovsky, who I believe is an excellent analyst until it comes to Josh, Josh Allen. Talking about the fact that he played his heart out, he gave up everything, he did everything possible uh, that he could do and his team let him down. You have some people saying, oh my God, he proved that he's better than Mahomes in the game and I'm like, why? Is it a case of, oh, okay, the quarterbacks that we have in the NFL now are uh, the, the top ones, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, um, Patrick Mahomes, and legs are all uh, black and what have you. So there's this tendency to always push quarterbacks that are white, but obviously not as good as them to a certain points like Brock Brody and Josh Allen. There's always a tendency to push them in every conversation, probably. Yeah, so like, I think we're on the same page then because I was, I was, I was going to bring it up. It's, it's, it's actually as simple as that, whereby every other person every other quarterback because you know with that we've had situations whereby before they even started trusting black quarterbacks it it, it it took them a while now it's almost like the good quarterbacks in the league most of like a, a larger portion of them are actually black quarterbacks or maybe uh, mixed quarterbacks and the reason why i brought that up is that josh allen the uh what's it called the offensive coordinator had the game plan and we need to understand that, or we need to agree that if it was Patrick Mahomes that had that game plan or that had that uh, strategy, most likely he would have executed and he would have won the game. And the reason why I bring it up is that yes, Stephon Diggs dropped a you know a dime that he should have caught in the game, and there were different people that dropped some balls, but it got to a point where Josh Allen, Josh Allen became uh, what's the word? He came, he became, he lost his poise because the idea and the plan is to milk the clock, drive down to the end zone, if possible, milk it to one minute, punch it in, let Patrick Aron try to score with maybe 30 seconds or 40 seconds on the clock. Yes, Mahomes has scored with 30 seconds before, but that offense is not the same offense with what they had, what they had in this game. So it got to a point where some of the checkdowns that I was taking at the beginning of the drive, or even earlier in the game, or even in the first and second quarter, that made the game easier for him. He stopped taking them and he was trying to go for the dagger. Yes, he had a, he has a, he has the arm to throw the dagger, but it's not just about having the arm. If it was just about having the arm, there would be more people that would be lining up to play quarterback. The poise, the ability to remain um, calm under pressure, the fact that you can read what the defense is doing. The, the, placement of the ball all those things are why the greats are the greats and why you you, you know that okay this guy is actually cut out to get it done now i'm not saying josh allen is not cut out to get the ball 
I just wish there's more criticism for him than as they are for others. Because immediately, someone like Jalen Hurts has a down year, which he had this year. No one can disagree that. Everyone is already saying he's not, he's not it's elite. Not, he's not, maybe he's not even in the top 10. Maybe he's not this. Maybe he's not that. Maybe he's not this. And he won 11 games. And if it was under quarterback that won 11 games, there will, there will be no conversation around what exactly the guy's capabilities are or what it exactly he can or cannot do. So, I think that's why I'll tie it into today's game. I know Akin is a chief supporter and he's probably rooting for the Chiefs, but it is important generally for this trio of NFL and for this trio of Blacks participating in the NFL that Lama Jackson wins this game and goes to the Super Bowl. Wait, wait, wait. Now, Bullish, sorry for cutting. <laughs> you make it sound like yes. uh, good like uh, intentionally make uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes win this game. No, 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 that's, no. that's not what I'm saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think that's what he means. Because okay. the way I see I agree with Bullish 100%. Actually, what he's trying to say is Lamar Jackson already has a bad trip in the sense from the white people. They keep telling you every time that. Let, let me, let me even, let me even bring, let me bring up one point. Let me bring up one point to, to mark my point. Two years ago, a, a so-called sources came out and said he doesn't care. I don't know if you guys can remember. If Lamar Jackson win five, five MVPs, that yes. he will never get to the Super Bowl or play in the Super Bowl because his style of quarterbacking cannot yes. get a team mm. to the Super Bowl. That was two years ago. Last year. Lamar Jackson came out and said he needed a trade. And about eight teams that nobody asked them questions came out to say, we don't want Lamar Jackson. Like, they, they, nobody, they could have kept quiet. They didn't need to talk. But all of them came out to say, we don't want Lamar Jackson. Fine. Come as come and have it. About six or seven of them, they sacked their coaches. The Titans, uh, Falcons, uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, Chicago, all of them, they collected sack letters. So, yes, they are stupid. Their general manager was deceiving them and then today, no absence. So the the old so it's a it's not about NFL wanting uh Chiefs or Mahomes to win. Though I think NFL will probably if NFL had their choice, they probably want Chiefs or Mahomes to win. Because Chiefs are sexy, they're the dynasty, they are probably going to bring more sales and all that stuff. So I'm talking about well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the aspect of a guy that was told at the combine. To run before 40 dash and he said no because he knew what they were trying to do he knew that if he ran the 40 dash they were going to they, before even without running the 40 dash there are people telling him guy you need to become a running back or a wide receiver because you have the skill set they're trying to gaslight him and he felt if you remember he was an iceman trophy winner that he, yes that did not go until late in the first round he was almost going to fall he went to number 32 it was the last person so, so in the first time. Last change. Do you understand? So it was it was almost like, oh, let him go and think about it. How many Iceman trophy winners falls that late? For you to win the Iceman, that means in the whole of college football, you were the best player. Or you, at least, even if you're not, you're at least top five or top three, the best in, in the whole world of college. You know how many kids are playing in college? So it's not a small feat. So to now fall down, they now enter the league, you win MVP. And there's all this conversation around you, eh, you're always in Jamaica. Then you are on, on point to win the second MVP. And there's still conversations around that. Uh, it, it, that's what I said. It is if it should get it done and get to the Super Bowl. Yes, it might win or not win. But if it should get to the Super Bowl, at least get to the game. It just changed the tonality of conversation around 
quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, quarterbacks that look like him, and the kind of game he has been playing. The game, the kind of game he has been playing, it's not just about the physical abilities. He has been playing a very cerebral game since for like almost four or five weekends before the end of the season and the playoffs that I've watched. The kind of game he has been playing, detailed game, cerebral game. It's not just uh, running. You know, he's picking the defense apart. It's, no, it's, it, I, I'm I, just all this my uh, uh, with my role is just say I'm rooting for the Baltimore Ravens. It's not even about it's even just rooting for the Ravens alone. The I don't know if you guys saw the video a few weeks back when he played. There was this fantastic game where the Ravens won, and a guy went on a podcast. I think a, a media guy or so and said Lamar Jackson is not quarterback enough. Like he shouldn't win the MVP because he's not quarterback enough. His style of play is running and so the 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 coverage like the way people like Lamar Jackson is um, are treated is is is, is horrible. So I understand Bolish's point of oh he wants the Ravens to win because at least the conversation needs to end. If for some reason, if Lamar Jackson should play his heart out today and they don't get to that Super Bowl, I can bet you that what is going to happen is someone is going to sit down and dissect the little mistakes that maybe he looks left when he should have good tries. In fact, Wally, don't don't go too far. They are waiting to say, oh yeah, he didn't, he didn't deserve that raise or something in his salary and all that. Because that's going to be like the talking point for the next few weeks if that happens. But like yeah, I said, even if he doesn't get paid, there are people that will still have that, that that will still tell you that oh, we keep saying it, blah blah blah, and all those things. And meanwhile, on the other side, when you go to the NFC, I watch the 49ers play. Yes, Brock Purdy is decent, he's good, but he's not excellent. Imagine the number of quarterbacks that will want to play with Debo, Kitul, and um, McCaffrey, whereby you toss a five-yard pass. To McCaffrey or Debo Samuel, and they go and make it 50 yards with their own personal ability alone. But quarterbacks like uh, Lamar Jackson have to be like, okay, I don't have excellent wide receivers or players that can be uh, game changers. So sometimes I, I need to make plays with my feet or make a better decision in all this place. And they have, and they still find ways to get it done to become to get, enter the MVP conversation. So as much as um, Akin wants his Chiefs to win, I'm on bullish side on this one. That okay, for once. I just feel like wait guys do you know do you know how difficult did it this is for me also let, let, let's not let me not paint let me not make it all seem like as if oh yeah this is uh this is this is this has to be like the chief's time i mean this has to be patrick Mahomes' time it's more of like having to decide between i mean i'm acknowledging now like this these guys are they, they are playing their best football i mean we all know patrick Mahomes is like one of the greats. I mean, it's gonna go down as one of the greats. Also, this is Lamar Jackson for crying out loud. This is somebody that has actually worked his ass off, despite all of those like shades from the media and all those all, all those things, people doubting his ability and the rest. I mean, Polish just gave us a very good point about how he was an Iceman Trophy like a winner, and then he's having to like be chosen in the draft like so late in the first round. That's like you are. I mean, what's the, what's the word now? You are downgrading his abilities and skills. We get that. I mean, if it's anything, this is hard for me. But at the end of the day, I'm still a fan for us. Like, oh, Chiefs are like, wait. Of course, but of course. If it was to be any other matchup, like maybe if you count probably the Chiefs out or probably they didn't make it to this, I would definitely, easy, 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 easy pick. I'll go for Lamar Jackson any day, anytime because I feel like he deserves it. But then again, if you look at the stats and everything, I mean, this guy has been the uh, Patrick Mahomes has been here a couple of times. He has either lost it or he has either actually 
made his team go to the Super Bowl from this very moment. So he knows how to manage. There's there's a lot of things playing into 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 the equation right now. So it's just so easy. It's like an easy pick to be honest. Like for me. So that's that's just what I'm basing all of my arguments. On. I, I don't even think we should we should ignore the fact that even this guy like Patrick Mahomes because of his color. So let's not forget, maybe light skin is a black dude. Like we've seen his father and stuff like that. He's a black dude. He also gets unfair coverage sometimes because at the start of every season, I remember was it two years ago, two seasons ago, whereby you could hear people start uh, saying stuff about oh my god, um, this guy. Josh Allen is definitely better than Patrick Mahomes. After watching Patrick Mahomes run for his life in that Super Bowl and make incredible plays that his teammates couldn't necessarily yes, we understand that the offensive line was, um, was depleted and all those things, but he showed the ability that he had despite the fact that he was running for his life. Like MVP winner, Super Bowl winner, and you have people wake up in the morning and talk about, oh no, Josh Allen or this white dude is better, blah, 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 and all those things. So Mahomes gets some sort of bad rep too because of his skin color. But not as much as Lamar Jackson. And I that, I'm purchasing the point that for some weird reason, yes, the Ravens are rivals to the Steelers. There's no point where I should be seen supporting the Ravens. But this night, I just hope for the sake of Lamar, they win. Um away, away from the other game, and back to the NFC. Um, bullish. The Niners, yes, their favorites to go over the Detroit Lions. But if there's anything that a lot of showed us last week, is like you can actually get at them. So there's there's a part I actually want to point out that is not that is not a popular uh, take or a popular part that uh, I think that that for, for reaction from what happened in the game last week, and it was the fact that the Niners' defense is not as prolific or as strong as advertised. What do I mean by that? We saw them, we've seen them being smacked. Or maybe bent but not broken. Let me use that word. Maybe bent but not broken. In towards the end of the season, yes, you know they came to the they beat the Cowboys and the and the Eagles. You know they smacked them. But as the end of the season would show us, the Cowboys and the Eagles are not really really the true test of how good your defense is because even the even the box literally beat the Eagles black and blue. So and the Giants beat us black and Cardinals beat us. So he, he, I, I, the reason why I bring that up is that in the game last last week, if Jordan Love converted some of those red zone trips where they got to the red zone and you know they were kicking field goals, if they had the same kind of efficiency as they, as they had against the Cowboy, they could have had the same thing. Whereby it would have been too late for. The rally that the Niners had, yeah, the lad, the you know, players about rallying, players about you know, stepping up and do what you need to do. The rally that they had in third quarter, and then less, and then they were able to pressure Jordan Love and he was able to make some mistakes because obviously, this is a, a young, this is a first full season for him. So, obviously, so there are some things that you know, the, the occasion became a, a little bigger for him. But the truth is, the defense, as popular and as task studded as, as they have been. They've not really people can, people have been running on this defense. So before I go to Brody's abilities or not, I, I feel that that defense, especially with how prolific the Detroit offensive line is, those guys are really, really, really good. I think they're probably number one or number two in terms of uh, pro football, what's it called? Those guys are good. Apart from even pro football, if you even watch them, they are always dominating their matchups. 
they protect uh, Jared Goff. They make it. They make it a proper clean, bo- clean pocket. So I, I feel like that is actually where you know there might be some shaking for um, what's it called for the um, for the Niners. Now on offense, the reason why I am not hundred uh, percent down or not going to say okay, ah, was exposed on properties that. I saw a couple of things. Number one, one of the reasons why I was not drafted highly was that he said his hands was too small. And you could see it in the game because the ball was wet, he could not have his grip, he wore a glove, he could not handle the ball. So again, so those things come to play. And that kind of thing is not a it's not a cerebral team, it's not a poised team, it's not a it's just a beaut. I believe it's just like seeing Kawhi palm the basketball and his abilities when he's in the paint or in the mid-range to move the ball with his hand. It's just a function of how God created his, his palm. It's not, it's that, that one, yes, he has learned to use it, you know, to his advantage, but that's not something another person can acquire. But the part I want to talk about is Kalshanian being, he was rattled. And I saw him making some uncharacteristic calls. This is the playoffs. I would expect that someone has expressed that Kalshanian should have a package or should have an understanding that in the playoffs you literally lost your quarterback last NFC game. How come you are, you are so routed when Debo Samuel was out? It almost felt like he didn't know what to do again. It almost felt like he didn't understand his playbook again, and it felt like it was caught, like it's raining, everywhere is soaking wet. Run the ball. Your quarterback is struggling to handle the ball, and you are throwing almost how many times in that first three quarters? He threw for like maybe like 20 times the first half. I'm like, why are you throwing this much? Like, everything says you should... And you have a proper offensive line. You have a, you have Trent Williams that every time you run the ball through Trent Williams' pocket, you get six yards, five yards, six yards. I have a Christian McCaffrey that every time you give Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey will, will run between the tackles, will run on the wing, will run... So I didn't understand the play calling. So the person I'm, that is really suspect that I'm looking at to... To, I'm, I'm going to be observing what he's going to do in this game. He's actually Kashanian because he's a he's a, a what they call it. This material that is shiny. It looks like Akboshi. He's not there. It he, looks like he's a stud or diamond. No, but he's beginning to look like Akboshi. You know Akboshi material. <laughs> um, I understand the whole Akboshi or not Akboshi reference. The reason I'm going to say is. Trust me, there's a reason why he's revered as a play caller. Yes, is uh, is like maybe who knows the entire game. No, I'm not talking about. Okay, let 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 me give you one last line to, to okay. tie it down. I'm not talking about his game calling ability or his okay. play design ability or okay. his um, um his implementation. I'm not talking about that. He's one of the best in the league, and all the guys that have come from his tree. They you could see that. Oh no. All these guys are actually solid designers because if you look at the Fortniners, they skin people open, they make things open. I'm not talking they about make that. quarterback look great. I'll just ask Jimmy G and Nick Mullen. So, so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in the middle of the game, the rain is drizzling, everything is there's commotion. What you plan, what you okay, expect, oh, what yeah. you plan, everything just how do you step up and make sure that? You calm the troops down, you call the right calls at the right time, at the right fourth down, at the right third down. Like you're not you're not rattled. That is I'm not talking about his design and skills. No, he's very good with that. But we know that in 
Si, 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 si la Super Bowl. That's exactly what I want to say. That's why I said three Super Bowl. He was just throwing, 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 throwing. He could not, he could not take any time of the clock. He could not. So I'm not talking about his skill. No, everybody agree. He's one of the smartest guys. But we are talking about cojones. About the say it in Spanish. That's that that thing that makes some of the best the best. You see, it's just like in football. You can see some players that they have all the skills in the world. When it's time for Champions League, final, see Drogba. Drogba, Drogba may not score twenty goals in a season, but when it's time for that final game, it's as if there's but, some extra. Volley, sorry for cutting you guys. Are we still talking about who are we talking about in your face, please? I'm talking about Kalshanian. Oh, Kalshanian. Okay. Polish is making reference to. The, the 20, uh, 2016 season, the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Kashana oh, was okay. the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always so, and they were in 2023, and they got to the second half. So rather than come around plays for Devontae Freeman and the likes, they kept passing the ball with uh, Matryan and they kept turning it over. Like, they kept three and out, three and out, and the Patriots kept coming. And he didn't make any in game adjustments on No adjustments, no. To have you guys heard of this? I don't know, maybe if, if you can relate to this saying that how, uh, what's called, head coaches can actually make a quarterback good or the other way around, the quarterback can actually make um, the head coach just good. You understand? So, I mean, it, and there are also moments for this in that, like times whereby, okay, you probably haven't attained that level of, okay, I understand what I'm doing or I'm now i know what i'm doing or i know that i'm good at what i'm doing so who knows i mean maybe right now he, he probably will just maybe go through what he has done and see see, see like, again no so again I, I, I understand what you're saying and i think all of us on this call or this um conversation we, we, i think we kind of all of us we kind of agree that yes Brock Purdy is good, but he's not Justin Herbert, he's not uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's not uh, he's not even Tua in terms of physical ability. I'm not even talking about brain and processing. Yeah, ability, yeah. Sure, gets. We are talking about physical statics, like ability to fling the ball, ability to stand in the pocket, all those kind of things, you know. I'm talking about Kyle Shannon as a play caller. He's one of the best. If, before the game, his game plan is dicing and this like if everything is going according to plan. If Kashana to score should score 14 and 14 0, don't worry, you're not coming back in that game. It's going to be like maybe 40 or something. Especially if you're if you are not playing against competition. But I'm saying when everything looks like he's not going about it to plan, when it looks like you're not getting some stops, when it looks like everything is not the way it's supposed to go, it feels like shall uh, Kashanan melts. It feels like the, the play calling becomes a you did you know that before last week's uh, game, he anytime he was trailing by seven plus points going into the fourth quarter, it was zero and thirty, meaning he didn't any game. The last thirty games that he went into and uh, losing by seven plus points, he did not win any of them. And that's, you understand and that's, what that means? And that, I, I, I get in fact, that starts actually. I remember I that start during that game. They they showed it on. You understand? Like you are going, you, like you are as good as you are, as the quality you have built around the team and all that stuff. Zero and thirty, when time you are trailing by seven plus points, that that means that you it, it means like you don't even understand what you are doing. It means that yes, you are solid, you are smart, you are everything, but when the bright lights shine on you, when the the playbook become wetter. 
when everything becomes tight. Or, or, or probably when the opponent probably, or probably when the opponent changes tactics and you don't have an answer for it. That's what it feels like. So, so uh, he's the one that is is because the guy is going against in terms of the uh, is it Ben Johnson the, that uh, uh, the Detroit uh, that guy. You know, I'm sure that guy is going to be an head coach. If he's not this year, probably yeah, two teams are waiting for him regarding like the guy where they, where they say you know play like, and the guy does he plays with force. He calls the and, plays when he needs to and, call the play. And, 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 and literally, that's an example of how the head, uh, the, the offensive coordinator makes the quarterback lose good. But because I mean, Taloma, Jared Gover, like who give him that chance to? I mean. It makes it look good. So yeah, I, I get your point, honestly. And it's one matchup that could go that can go uh, Detroit's way. I mean, to be honest. Um it will be interesting to see how this at least by, by the end of today or I said end of today, by tomorrow morning, we should know our, our containers for the Super Bowl. Away from the NFL, um, I think the LMJ is back with us. LMJ, I remember some I, I saw a tweet this morning that said if I was if I was not in Nigeria, so I would not like Nigerians because as soon as some things happen, Nigerians are the, they are the loudest in Africa, like someone said. They crack a lot, blah, blah, blah. Then the, the minute Cameroon got stepped aside yesterday, and thank you very much for coming to the AFCON. You guys can go home now. Go home now. Nigeria is going to proceed. You see Nigerians joining all types of, whether it was on Twitter or different platforms, talk about, oh, I hope, I hope Ghanaians are not here. I hope Cameroonians are not here. <laughs> Then he begs the question that okay, we, we we've not been convinced about the head coach and the team, like imbalance and all these things. But like and like Osimi also said after the game yesterday that we've not played our best. It just shows that maybe there's something in this team that, that is pushing them to be okay, we don't have to be our best, but we can win even when we're not at our best. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we are very critical about the super ego is because we know what they can do we've seen the potential am i the only one am i the only one not here not okay i think we lost it i think we lost it for a second oh okay i'm sure we'll find a way to join this back because um bullish when we're so we're skeptical about all those things at all and we just kept going okay now we're in the quarterfinals and we're like we're playing Angola. This is the chance to get to the semi-finals. I, did you watch Angola? Those guys, those guys are really good. But 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 a, a, a positive note that I'll probably state for this our tournament so far is that our best game was the last game we just played. In terms of the setup, in terms of tactics, effort, we had a lot of um people showed their quality in the last game. It was not like Yes, we qualified from the group, you know, we won two games and all that, but we didn't really play really well. But this particular game against Cameroon, maybe it's a testament to how poor Cameroon was, I don't know, but I just know that the setup, the way the team played, the only difference that it may be going to the next game, they are going to ask me is that Zaidu should not join the team on the team bus. He should trek. So by the time he trek, before he reach the stadium for the game, the, the, the match will have ended, so it will not be a problem for us in that, in that game. Let Calvin just play that um, left wing game because 
they, they do crosses as if there's a trampoline in the sky that is trying to, you know, when, when people are beating a piñata, trying to beat candy and they are kicking the ball, kicking something in the air. That's the way it does not pick up anybody. It does not. And look at the second goal. It's a function of, you know, looking up, picking up someone and then putting the ball in danger. Zedu has so many opportunities to do stuff like that. And he should have, you know, he should have found one cross for Simeon or something because he was so open in that play. But his, poor, his crossing was poor. Other than that, the guys on Yeka, the guys in the middle, they, they walk. Like, you know, the number one thing is that are the guys in the midfield walking to make sure that they are retaining ball, they are not allowing anyone just pass through the midfield and they are doing that. And then the defence is really, really solid together. So, uh, this game against Cameroon was our best game in this tournament, which shows that there's a, there, can, there can be improvement. The only prayer is uh, the injury to Umar Bali. I don't know. I hope they've called out the Babalao they know in Nigeria because we, claim, claim, we claim, keep claiming we have Babalao. But for, for some reason, all the Babalao that are watching TV, they could not decree and do offer for the guy to be fit. They allow Uzo to enter into that game and almost chop our eye. So that's that's only um, you know because if you if you do, if you have someone that is shaky and unassured at the back, it can affect the overall posture of the defense. But the way this one 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 Bali has been playing, he's strong, he's assured, calms everybody down. He comes out when he needs to come out. I don't think he's it's a function of. If, to be honest, Bali uh, Sorry for continuing. That guy hasn't been tested as much, but I'm pretty sure the way he has shown his defenders. So, so that's what I think. Because I don't think he has been tested. I think it is it has more to do with the fact that he he, he sort of like guides the defense. He knows he tells them like okay, this is where you need he communicates basically, uh compared to like uh Uzo or whatever whatever his name is. But you understand what I, I think that's that's the that's what I think to be honest. Um, okay, I think we lost him again. Bryce is having communication issues anyway. So, what's what's the way I say is like it's tournament football, sometimes you don't even have to be at your best to win. But I agree with Polish's point that the last thing you need going into an important quarter final game is Francis Uzo at the, at the uh, in front of the post because suddenly the defenders are like, I can't make any mistake anymore. I know the guy did. You are suddenly shaky, you're not assured that. This guy is going to command this area, win one-on-one contest in the air, claim his balls and stuff like that. So it's that, that that's a different dynamic. But I can polish mentioned Agula. I don't know how conversant you've been with the entire Afghan so far. Because I'm watching the game between Angola and Namibia. Angola get a man sent off in the first half, red card. And next thing you know, the Angolans suddenly gain extra confidence from there and boom, they went forward to score a very good team goal and they were leading one in. And I'm like, ah, they just got sent off. Then the minutes Namibia got the red card like this and it, was, and it became a level playing field with 10 players on both sides, you could see that, trust me, the Angolans just ripped them to shreds. Uh, honestly, I, I think it was the last uh, 20 minutes of the game I watched and I was, I mean, <laughs> that was like the first time I saw in this kind of tournament that a team playing like free-flowing football, like the wingers were walking. The, the defenders were like they they, they, they there were some time that they were playing with like three defenders or two i'm like ah this is a confident team that's what i saw actually and the way they held the ball the way they retained the ball was actually joy to see to be honest and he scared me a little bit because i'm like if we're having to like meet these people be sure that these guys are going to hold the ball more than we do so i don't know if there's like a game plan for when we play them because we need if we don't have one we need one like 
big time. We, we, we need one that's going to work, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, they're a very good side. They they use the ball very well. The wingers know what to do when they receive the ball. They they make some very good runs behind the defenders. And the, 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 the what's called, the fullbacks know when to actually overlap. There's a proper balance in that team. And we have to come, in, come up with a better strategy to play those teams. And if not, they will send us packing, honestly. But but but, there, but there's something about the Nigerian national team bullish that surprises me now. When you are seeing these things, because I remember watching Ivory Coast in their first game, and they were like, okay, this is this is this, this is how they play. They looked expansive. So Fofana was good in the middle of the park. They played really well. They won. Then suddenly against Nigeria, it became a different game. Whereby, you know, this thing that we normally say growing up, especially when you're in school and so forth, we say, oh, force them to play rubbish. It seems like Nigerian national team is at the masters of. I, you know you can flip when you see other people are going to force you to play rubbish. Good. Hello? Hello, Bolish. I, I, I think I lost him. I think I lost him. So, it, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Sorry. Can you? I thought I was. Yeah. Uh, did, wait, did you get what I said? I think he did. No, I, 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 my, I disconnected for a minute. Oh, okay, I was saying that because uh, we've, we've been waxing lyrical about how good the Angolans were over um, their last game yesterday. And I saw Ivory Coast in the first game, obviously, they played really well in the middle of the park up front. They were a very good side. Then they played Nigeria, it looked like a different ball game entirely. And it just gives this vibe that we normally see uh, back in school and stuff like that. Where we say, oh, force them to play rubbish. Like, it seems like that's like Nigeria's thing of, okay, we're a good side, but we'll force you to play rubbish. No, I, 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 I think it, because even the coach, there was, there was a conversation. You know, Amokachi was talking a lot of uh, Subereke yesterday, but there was something he said about a conversation he had with uh, Pesero, where Pesero was telling him that this tournament football, I'm not here for flair, I'm here to ensure I get the result. And the setup of the team, if you look at the setup of the team, it's really, really a setup of um, protect the defense be compact, then have exciting guys, Lukman, Moses Simon, even though Moses Simon didn't really do much yesterday. You know, have the wing guys and then have those Olaino and uh, what's it called? Olaino and Zedu uh, or Kau joining the attack. And when you have a compact team, I don't care who you are playing against or who you are playing for. If you play against a compact team, it's always difficult. You always you don't look your best. You don't look at when Barcelona plays against a team that are disciplined and compact. We always struggle. It's not even a matter of it's not only I'm not even talking about I'm talking about even in La Liga. You know, in La Liga, there are different styles of teams. There are some teams that will come out with tap with you and all those ones. Ah, I always enjoy this kind of game. Even if you score, so I know that you still score. But there are some teams that they are just, you know, they are not going to come out. And let's go Madrid. You know that uh, what's the name of this Getafe? They will just play frustrating, uh, dog game, and it makes all your staff players to start looking like uh, something you don't know. So the, the 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 setup has been good, and the press up front. That's why I think the love of Simeon is getting is actually well deserved, even though he did not score. Because you need to understand that when your number nine is pressing as much as Osimia is pressing. It not only allows you to be able to stand in protection as midfielders, it also encourages the other guys up front to press because the star man is pressing like that. So where exactly would you say you are eating that would make you not follow and help to press? Do you get? 
and mm-hmm. if they are easily getting across that first line of um of moving the ball without any press it makes their job easier but when every single time any defender gets the ball they are always looking over their shoulder because you know that Osimia is somewhere even the first goal see how we won the first the why you won but like where you you put that pressure on defense you always know that oh they can't just dance around there's no playing around it, it helps the team so i think the setup of the team has really helped the team in this tournament and hopefully they keep up um with the stuff and the truth is yes angola looks sensational against uh i think it's more about the prolific how prolific their players are but what i used to counter myself in saying that is that cameroon literally had zero shot on target and even ivory coast had very had very little opportunities on target so maybe we are just that good in terms of in the midfield and in defense so that I, I, I'm, I'm i'm optimistic about it about the game for us element are you with us can you can you guys hear me yeah we can hear you yeah you're yeah, yeah, welcome okay. Okay. are you still with us He's yes, I'm waiting for his question. <laughs> no, no, actually, actually, the, the 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 bizarre part was I'd spoken for like two minutes. I could hear you guys clearly, but Polish now started saying, Am I the only one that I cannot hear right? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> anyway, um LMG, I know you saw the game yesterday, and as much as we've all been skeptical, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to get to the semi-finals if we get past Angola. Yeah, I I feel like the major reason why we've been very critical about um, the Super Ego is because we know the potential that they have. We know the caliber of players that make up this team. There are only a few teams in this tournament that can boast of having foreign-based players um, within their ranks, having um, the African-based player within their rank. And that is why we've been very critical of the side. And again, I think the style that um, the Pep Guardiola of Nigeria has been deploying has also been one of the major turn-off for us because it has not been the kind of football we, we've come to grow up with, uh, with the national team. It's not the kind of style we enjoy. And it, but it's also good to, it's also very important to note that in the whole of this tournament, I think Barry Senegal, and one or that, and I think Bayern Senegal and Equatorial Guinea, we, we've considered the least amount of goals in this tournament. So it's always, uh, it's always critical of. A, there's always a statement it says that I want to score goals and I don't want to concede goals. So maybe his approach might be what will get us our first silver versus since 2013. But uh, what happens when we come against a very clinical side like the Senegalese side? We've seen. Um, we've seen them being ruthless in front of goal. They are not the kind of team that outplay that downplays their um, expected goals. It's almost like it's almost like they are they are playing with a statistician on their bench, telling them that you know what everybody expects us to score four goals today. Boys, let's go out there and score four goals. Um. Then with the Afcon, there's a game going, currently going on between Equatorial Guinea and Guinea and. Half time is new new. They just wondered out. Just hope that with all the goals that you try scored in the good stages, they don't go home at this point. Because knockout football, tournament football, unpredictable and crazy. Um, sticking with football, LMJ was a surprise 
yeah, like it was a surprise when Jurgen Klopp announced during the week that this is going to be his final season with Liverpool, he's leaving at the end of the season. And you're wondering, okay, regardless of who they choose to appoint, whether it's Alonso, whether they bring back Gerard from Saudi Arabia or stuff like that, is inevitable Liverpool are going to Michigan Club. Yes, was that question for me? Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think um, it's inevitable at this point that Liverpool is going to meet the club. But um, a lot of people who have been critical about his decision to step down, I feel like he's just trying to avoid his law of diminishing return. He has spent nine years at the club. And behind the fact that Pep Guardiola is, is, has been uh, uh, his Achilles heel, he has won everything like technically winnable for Liverpool. We've not had the league in 30 years. We won them the league. We won the Champions League after like three trials. Uh, most painful defeat against uh, Real Madrid. But I feel like it's it's the right timing for him. Now the issue would now be Liverpool finding the right person for the job. Is it Steven Gerrard? I don't think so. Um, is it too early? to uphold Javi Alonso from the back percent. Maybe, maybe not. But I feel like uh, Liverpool can still cast their net wide. Zimbabwe has still been on a play for a very long time. I just think there's a lot of good push in the market. Not Jose Mourinho anyway. I'm sorry. Um, Aki, I don't know what I am right as against Mourinho, but if you're in charge of Liverpool, like, your Liverpool's um, sporting director for the second and all those things. Who, who would be your first choice to bring in? I don't know, but I have an idea of <laughs> what they need to do to get somebody. Because I feel like the Liverpool, um, what's it called, management in, in the entirety, like they need to change their philosophy because they need to start like supporting the manager. I'm talking about like. When the manager says they want to get they want to get a certain player no matter how like expensive they need to go all out that's basically what i'm saying and sorry like, to interrupt um, are you saying that um club left for that particular reason let me tell you something it was a struggle when he the liverpool started going south like they they, they wanted to get certain players that they feel like could replace certain players that those players are left and one of the things is that to do that kind of rebuild all over again you really, you really, you, I feel like the players they got that actually made them successful. It's always difficult to actually get those set of players again, like for 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 the kind of price they got those players. It's so hard. If you want an immediate success, or if you want to still maintain that level of success, they had they were on at that point in time. So he probably has sense that you know what, okay, he's probably not going not going to get the same support that he wants, like or to just be competitive like the likes of like Pep Guardiola and stuff like and, and, and the rest like that and you can sense this thing as a manager don't be surprised that the next team he goes to he would have all of the support he needs or the a club that is willing to spend no matter how much because they believe so much that he's a so what wait so what is the, what is the no matter how much I don't understand <sighs> I don't know, like they don't need to like contemplate like is it, is, dishing out is, the money is the team, when he has is the team bad. The team is uh, not bad, but you can't like for immediate success, like you can't just wait and sit and open okay. They, they, all the they, players will gel. 
he, they gave him almost four or five years before he started winning anything. They were patient with him. Yeah, but yeah, they were patient, and that's the thing because he, he like he did, I'm not pretty sure. I'm not. I'm. I'm so sure that he didn't demand like a huge uh, war chest of money also to get those players that he got there. But we both agree. Actually, no, no, no. We both agree. No, let, let, let me finish. Let me finish this point. Let me finish this point. Bullish. Bullish. Let me finish this point. We both know that okay. to actually, it gets to a particular level in terms like when you're managing a team, whereby you know, okay, everything is now like on autopilot. All you just have to do is okay for every player, you just need to like replace them with certain player. But then, if you are replacing, very replacing, and you don't want to mess up with the synergy that is already in the team, you have to get someone of like top quality. In a way, and they all require them to like go to the uh, transfer with money, with a lot of money. And I don't think that FSG group or that is leading that uh, Liverpool this has that maybe to give him that, to support him that that, that well. That's what I'm saying. And to say that oh they gave him five years or JB or oh, they, they shouldn't have given five years because they know they can't actually afford. They they don't they, they don't have the choice basically because they know they are no they are not going to give him like as much money as possible. Wait, Aki, this this what I want to ask you. Oh, it ties oh. into this. It ties into this point you are making. Okay. So in this span, in, since since Klopp has been in Liverpool, right? Since mm-hmm. Klopp, you know, Klopp was in Liverpool before before Guardiola. So it's not. I'm not using pep time. I'm saying since Klopp. Has been Liverpool. Man City has spent 1.4 billion, estimated 1.4 billion. Okay. Okay. How much do you think? How much do you? How much do you think Liverpool has? Spent? I, I don't have a figure. If you tell me now, I'll probably okay. No, I, 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 I want you to. Now, how do you estimate? How do you estimate? Pro- probably okay, less okay, than. Man, probably less than that. Probably less than what uh, Man City actually spent. No, obviously it's, it's less than that. I'm trying to. You know what I'm trying to establish is that yes, they have not spent as as much as Man City. No one has spent as much as Massey, maybe only PSG. So, the amount they've spent in terms of funding for the team, they spent like 900 million. Okay, so it's not as if maybe he has not gotten any investment. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying he has not done well. That's not my point. I'm just saying that. But, but, but let like, me ask you, let me ask you a question in response to what you just said now. Do you feel like if he had enough investment, do you think the number of trophies that club? As with Liverpool, do you think that that number would have actually improved if they had the right support or if they went all out for this guy? So, except you are talking about them getting someone like Mbappe, I don't think there's any, any like the way club plays, the kind of player club wants, except you are going to go all out and get there was some, there were, there was, there was maybe okay, maybe Bellingham this summer, maybe Bellingham this summer. They, they were in for certain. Players. No, they were in for those kind of players, but Polish. Uh, they were in for those kind of players, but we all know that. I mean, they, 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 they the owners dropped people along the when they saw that they couldn't have. Wait, 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 wait. No, wait. Before you say owners, it's one thing when Magic is going after a player than when Liverpool is going after a player. We need to uh, see. There are some things that is not a function of even if you carry your money and go, and you guys carry the same money and go. The fact that Magic is at that table, Barcelona is at that table. Okay, okay. I agree. Someone like, someone like Pep, with the reputation is building. For example, maybe Haaland would probably have not gone to Man City if Pep was not in Man City. Yes, he has a history with Man City and all that stuff, but. All that things fact. Your, fact your, point, your point, your point, your point. I, I have a counterpoint to what you just said. Now, now, okay. in that sense, if you have built a reputation as a team that okay, no, well, we attract the best players, do you think that it would have been difficult for them to have nailed Bellingham? 
So whose job is it to build that? Thing? It's the owner. No, I'm talking about like owners. Like you, you, you attract. If if you if you show if you show uh, a coach a, a certain level of support, that you know what we are also we are, we are Liverpool. We are, we Sorry, I don't. I don't want to interrupt you. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you. You keep okay. saying something support. about support, support. support. Are you saying that, that FSG did not? Support I said. Support. I said there's ah, level. There, there are levels. That's what I said. There are levels. Of course, they okay. support them. But there, I said, if you notice, I've been saying levels, levels. I feel like you just keep, you need to like, uh, like in a way, uh, add another level. Of, like, you know how you just like improve and feature, like, okay, this season was good. Let, let, let's go out, let's go all out again for this guy. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, know, you know, the reason why I agree with you is, okay. let's not forget right. that Belliam chose Madrid, which is not the okay. now you're going to close sports. It's Real Madrid. Okay. Liverpool had a bid of 115 million pounds for Moses Caicedo accepted. The player said no. I've given you my word already. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. I rest my case. That, 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 that particular one is. I rest my case. That particular one. Not only that one. Right so many players like that. That and even the ones they literally said the record for defender. They said the record in, for in Dijk. They said mm-hmm. they said like they were they, so you can support cannot you can't even use that support term. If you say no, no, no. You they were not getting, you guys make a good point. Yeah. If you say yeah. they were not getting all their top talent, all their top needs, and I understand, but mm. that is not a function. That's just a function of ah, this player just looked at uh, Real Madrid. Belliam, for example, Belliam is literally getting Ballon d'Or sh- chance. If this exact same thing Belliam is doing. Is doing mm-hmm. it in uh, Liverpool. No one is going to be shouting Ballon d'Or as at this stage of the season. True, true. true. You, know you guys make a, you make a good point. No one is going to be shouting Ballon d'Or chants, but because he's doing it at Real Madrid. If you there's there are some things where you do at Barcelona at Real Madrid, and maybe Manchester is trying to creep into it, and Manchester United used to have that sauce and no. The Milan teams have dropped off in recent years. That's like I'm just trying to mention or Bayern. There's a team that you do something, the same thing you do. Even Chelsea, as good as good as the build that reputation. There's a thing you do at Chelsea that if you are doing it at Bayern, if you are doing it at Real Madrid, you get Ballon d'Or chart and you get nominated to fifth pro eleven and all those things. So I I, I don't think I think it's just a function of club looking at your project and thinking to himself. Because at all of the league, yes, maybe not everything is going as smooth. But looking at the project and thinking, it needs a new voice. It needs, it's the same thing that Pep in Bayern decided that okay, I think I I just need to go for one year to go and rest. Blah 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 blah. So so it happens sometimes. Yes, maybe yeah, there are some yeah, things yeah, that yeah, go yeah, that we don't behind that we don't know. Yeah, but there's even a possibility that you you might want you might want a fresh challenge. I'm not saying that there are not internal factors like Aki suggests. I'm not saying that maybe he's not disappointed at the board because it was obvious that Liverpool needed to um, improve their midfield this offseason after they sold Fabinho. Then they brought in Sobuzlai. They could, um, Kaisedo said no. Lavia eventually chose Chelsea after Liverpool did it and died because at some point he felt like um, Sanatu were telling Liverpool pay 15 million pounds for Lavia. Liverpool kept saying it's not what it's not. Chelsea ended up paying 55 million. Liverpool went to um, bid 115 million for Caicedo and the whole whatnot. So there's that as well. But there's also the possibility that club might decide, okay, you know what? Maybe I need a fresh challenge. Maybe I need a new environment. Maybe I need to try something new. But that happens to coaches as well. Because God forbid you get bored and you're not driven. You are not having that same drive that you have every morning to come and coach the team. At some point, like LMJ mentioned, 
lot of diminishing return sets in and who knows you might just feel like okay the players you might just go on a downhill then decide to take it and uh, it decides that maybe okay this is this is the end for me for liverpool now because um actually i still feel like at this point you, you still haven't answered my question of who you would choose to replace him there are no notable coaches out there to be honest let's not kid ourselves Trust i mean me, that's I, just it I don't know. Maybe they're there, but I don't see anything really. And it's one of the reasons why. Okay, as much as like uh, people, okay, a lot of Arsenal fans, or I mean, that are my friends, would be like against me that oh, uh, we need the uh, Mateta out. And I continue to ask them the coach, okay, to re- okay, who's going to replace him? And all of them just go, oh, I don't care. That's the job of the uh, management. I, it should. It's not my job. I'm just a fan. I'm like, boy, you just made a management decision by saying Ateta out. So <laughs> I'm always like, you know what? Okay, which other coach out there is actually going to like, you know what? At least maintain the status quo in a way, not gonna like uh, make things even worse right now. Because really and truly, like Liverpool is still a formidable team. They are still a competitive team and all that. And you only need a coach that will also keep 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 the calm and keep it. They will, they will probably improve on it. So I really can't place a name right now, like, oh, which coach? I mean, maybe other guys actually have an idea of what to think or something. The only thing I'm going to say to that is, the only thing I'm going to say to your point regarding sacking coaches is that, trust me, there are coaches out there, you just don't know that are coaches. When his time is right, you will find the coaches that The coaches that are aligned, like, that was Yes, it will, not be, the, it will not be the same standard. You are using club, for God's sake. You cannot go and coach Gabriel, <laughs> obviously. But okay, imagine, imagine, imagine so many so many Liverpool fans are like, oh yeah, we want this team in Jared. I'm like, ah, chance soon, you, know, mm-hmm. you guys mm-hmm. so far. That cannot even happen. Rather, rather like, like, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of that fan base are saying, oh yes, Timmy Jared should be the I'm like, ah, okay. So they'll be fine. Um I, speaking of coaching carousel, uh it was surprising, like it was very surprising after the Villarreal game last night, where Barcelona just lost five three. It was obvious that Xavi was a bit emotional. The next thing you know, he made the announcement that um, he had agreed, like he spoke to the board earlier and they've come to the agreement that he's going to leave at the end of the season. I'm like, okay, even if that decision has been made, that he was going to leave at the end of the season, why announce it at that point? Why announce it after the defeat? Why not wait a little longer? It's a team that is battling injuries, trying to find their feet and all this thing, struggling and stuff like that. The last thing you need, I feel like the last thing the team needs is to know oh, the manager will be leaving, so why am I even stressing myself? Uh, so, 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 the thing that is, the reason why he made that conversation, if, if you listen to the full press conference and even some of the interviews they had before that particular press conference, the, the tone and the conversation at the press conference has been, you know, you know Catalan press, uh are you living at the end of the season do you, are you do you fear being sad do you those are the tone and it became a point of him taking the blame for everything that was going on with the squad and it almost almost looked like we you know we did we, we lacked we forgotten everything he had done since coming to the club and so like javi as he said in that press conference he's emotional he's a fan and that's how you see you see how he celebrates, you see the way he is literally a fan of the club. And in his head, in his the way he, he has observed what was going on, he said he felt like the right time or the, the time to announce that he was leaving was now. Now, about your question, why not wait to the end of the season? 
I think the, the, the question that probably occurred to him was like, why wait? Because it doesn't play like the team doesn't look distracted. So what's the difference? Almost everyone, almost everyone is playing at like some of the lowest form because we did replace Sergio Busquets. Yes, we brought in Romeo, and I remember Akin telling me that I would, I would uh, <laughs> he was showing his <laughs> I respect you for this. I swear that you come no, no, I, 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 I see I, there was a game, there was a game like maybe three weeks ago or something like that. I was watching today. Ah, who got rolling? Ah, I think there's something. I was like, ah. To be fair, Ellie, it was showing a good sign that I was going to be bought. The truth is, I think we also, we fans, we had unrealistic expectations of or we undermined what Busquets was doing. And hmm. if you look at hmm. what, what, yeah. Pep, what Pep did, see what Pep did in Man City. Pep had Fernandino bowling at an elite level. And he brought in Rodri like a year plus before you know he started you know he started playing both of them together, both of them together before Rodri learned his system, became a full-on starter, then displaced Fernandio, then Fernandio was playing other positions at Kabak, then before Fernandio left. That position, especially if you are playing the style we play, which is you are playing not to kick you are playing that kind of position, uh possession football. That position is so important to the success of the team. And you remember, there was one time we were having a conversation. I told you that anytime I watch Barcelona and I and I see and I and I see Busquets not playing, it is always very obvious. And anytime Busquets not having a good game, it's always obvious. So we, we did not replace Busquets, and we don't have a elite pivot. Luckily for us, we were able to get some additions. But the problem is, almost everyone is injured. Since Testegen has gotten injured. Our goalkeeper, second goalkeeper, that one, he has been drinking goals like you know all those small small capricorn that if you just press the straw, if you just press the straw, if you just finish that that <laughs> the guy has been drinking. The goals he considered yesterday, especially the fourth goal, it was as if he was it was almost like he was touching the ball to the defender. He had taken score, like he parried the ball, punched it, jump on it, not it. so. There are so many things that were going on in the squad, but all that kept, all the conversation that kept going on in the press was blaming Xavi. No one was talking about the fact that at many points in the season, you've lost almost six to five, five to six first level players. At this point right now, Gavi is out, Rafinha is out, uh, Testegen is out, uh, uh, like you had, you had, uh, Cancelo just came back. Balde is out for like another four months. Like we are literally playing handicap, and it's not as if normally this January transfer window, we're supposed to go and bring in players to fill in some of these positions that we're having trouble with, that the players were out. But because there's no funds, we could not show up anywhere. We could not bring in any. We could not even look for any transfer because even according to the CFP and all those La Liga FFP rules, we are like already in the minor. So it's a very very crazy dynamic situation that the guy is in and guy wants uh, to but, but sorry to interrupt you would you would you rather would you rather he stayed because a lot of people forget that he won't leave that. 
obviously, like even that's the funny thing. Before he came last, last uh, he came in January. This season. Season. Mm. And he came and 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 he won the league last last season. We had not won the league in almost maybe three or four years. People forget that he and he won the league with still the same little to no budget. And he, his defense was one of the best friends in the league. But this season, there have been too many injuries. We brought in what they were this as the Bivau uh, player. Uh, this very Inigo Martinez. Inigo Martinez. Inigo Martinez was boiling for us. There was a stretch of 34 games that I was enjoying Inigo Martinez. He was spreading. You know, he knows how to. He's one of the best qualities. His long ball. Those diagonal long passes. He was finding Rafinha, finding Lamiyama. He was just finding as I was enjoying him. The third or fourth game after starting, because he was not starting before, then he started playing. The third or fourth game after starting, he got injured. So he has had, and he's still injured till now. So it's not just, so you imagine so many injuries like that, but you know, lack of impatience. There's already division between the camps, you know, some, some, some people that they like suffering, that they, in, they, they are supporting someone that Batomi was supporting, some people that are delusional, that don't like Javi from there. Some people do not even like it from the onset. So to me personally, they had asked me, or if they say, okay, if they say, okay, what can you do? Javi is the kind of person that I would have said, okay, we need to give him more time. We need to give him, we need to give him the opportunity to, yes, have this bad season. Do you think it's a, it's a case of, uh, uh, sorry for what? Do you think it's a case of like wrong timing or something, or just it's so unlucky as a coach? So he, I can't even say he's unlucky because to be honest, if you count, if you ask me that. What is what is the new as Barcelona been? I'll say it's a Sussex because as much as as much as you want to bash him for what is going on this season, number one, this season has not ended, and number two, he won the league and, and cup last season. Winning the league once in two because he literally just spent two two and a half years because that first season, Coman Coman had already put us inside two. That <laughs> we knew that we're not good. There's no chance we're winning the league. So as much as as much is uh, is uh, he, I won't call it like it was not a success, but also is a victim of the current situation of Barcelona. We literally like we don't have money, and it's so crazy what has been happening in the last three years. And the fact that we are even relevant and we are even a bit competitive is funny because if you remember, if you remember when all this thing was happening and Laporta came in, and if we had some of the conversations we had on this podcast. The, the the future and the conversation around us was very gloom in terms of the FFP, in terms of we need to sell, and we actually cleared the books. So so many people. So if you remember the conversation around us when Bartomeu left and the, the open the details and we started seeing what was actually going on in the depths that we're in. The fact that I was able to come in at that period, use free agents, uh, free agents. Bringing, you know how many 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds that were playing in that Villarreal game? That's the funny part. Why I look at fans, I'm like, funny. Imagine starting 17-year-olds just to cover up for the problem going on in the team. And your fans are, and the fans are still, are still battling him. Do you understand? Like, Lamiyama is 16. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful player, but he's 16. Normally, Lamiyama should be coming in like 70 minutes, 60 minutes to come in to help. Hector Fort, the guy that started at the right back, is probably 18 or so. Kubasi, the guy that had to, he had to replace Christian because Christian was having a stinker. He had to replace Christian. The guy is 17. The guy just clocked 17 on Saturday. So he's literally paying 16, 17 year old because there's no funds and he's trying to bring the best and combine the best. Life. So it's just a case of, whoa, 
Yamaje, Samborobu, where I don't know what who the who and and the team they are planning to bring. It's the same thing that, 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 that brings me to my next question for you now because I, <laughs> who knows? Um, what's his name? The hat might be available for this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, even club, even club, even club that everybody knows that is so good. Aki just spent the last uh, about 10 minutes ago telling me that club was not supported with a war chest of almost 800 million. And club did not win anything tangible for the first five years of his, uh, the first four years of his uh, career in Liverpool. Imagine, first four years, not win anything. You think club will survive two years of not winning anything in Barcelona? <laughs> the price will kill him now. No, club is a stretch. I'm saying that the head is going to be available. Club, we can't. Wait, can't wait, 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 wait. Let, let's be honest, the, the, the best that I recommend the head, the best that I recommend the head has left mm. the club. This is Jody Cross. He's no longer <laughs> in that club. So, you, know, uh, you, you look at the caliber of like uh, coaches that have actually coached or managed the uh, Barcelona in the past, and you think automatically the next uh, coach will be Jody Club. Ever, I don't see that. Me to be honest, I know. I'm just me. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that even if we are able to sway in with project, and we don't have the funds or the watches to say we want to bring in the kind of players that we're playing. The academy players, the academy manager, Kubasi. Yes, those guys are solid. And maybe in two years, in... no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not even trying to. I'm not. In two years' time, those guys are like, for example, Lamy Yamao. In two years' time, with experience and growth and everything, we eighteen. All those times they push him on the ball. The guy is, is good. By two years' time, we'll start seeing some quality from them. Like, this, this, is, this is this is the most I've seen Barcelona being desperate. Like the 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 the, the, the number of like uh, young players they fielded, like hacking, hacking, poverty, poverty, making desperate. Poverty, making desperate. If you have money, what you are talking? We, we are selling grass. We are suffering poverty. We still win league. You like not suffer. You know poverty. Kini, 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 kokoni. It does not. It does not. It does not. It does not work that way. So. I'm a fan of football and I support Inter Milan. So what are you saying? No, sorry, they're not just denying their club, they're even denying the sport of soccer. Like this soccer Some of them are watching cricket now. Um so round off to round off my my Tirad and Rant. I don't know who they are going to get. I think eventually they probably still go for someone young because the truth is they don't have the funds, they don't have the capacity to bring in. So when you call a coach like maybe for example you call 
uh, what's now this former Bayern coach, Nagelsmann? Nagelsmann is available too. He's going to be available, yeah. Uh, yeah let's say you've got to Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann will sit down with you. He and his agent, and then they will ask you, who is in the squad? Who are you bringing in? Who is going out? Who is coming? Like, do you understand? And then you just start telling them, eh, they have one boy in our academy. He's 16 years old. He's very solid. Like, you, they would just, they would, they would just laugh you off. Me, I'm in the ideal scenario, I'm hoping that the players rally around, they play proper football, they finish top three, and then at the end of or top two, we manage to finish top two. It's at the end of the season, it's going to be hard. convince Xavi. We are going to convince Xavi to stay. Bully, so it's going to be that, hard. That's, that's, that's what I'm rooting for. It's going to be hard though, because even okay, I, I wanted because I wanted to say something. No. Uh, wait, I wanted to say what something about like oh okay, right now because of the uh, number of young players you guys have in that team, there are no leaders in the way, but that that are very maybe that that came that grew up with the club in the way. I mean, we go back to the days of I don't know, but really that point is not something very uh, no. So, so right see, our, to be honest, then eh, if, if you watch Barcelona's game, if you watch our game, our number one problem, the most important problem, even with all the injuries and all the problem and everything and blah, 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 the number one problem is that we don't have a proper replacement for Sergio Busquets. The people that were playing in that uh, pivot position, and they play. Uh, uh, or Romeo there, we are not as good going forward. Anytime we play Frankie the Young there, we are not as good defending. Anytime, like, so there's that, there's, and the, 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 the pivot has to be able to help you be fluid going forward and be able to be also be stable defensively. So that's the problem we have. We don't have any, and in the beginning of the season, we thought we were going to sign one. There was this Zubimendi guy. We thought we were going to get Zubimendi. Uh, there was one other guy that we're thinking we're going to get. So anytime, any that's the normal. If they replace the pivot today, our gameplay will drastically improve. I'm not saying we're going to win the league or anything like that, but at least you notice the difference in what we are playing and how we are playing. Say, so, I'm sure we could let Bolish go all day long regarding styling Barcelona, but our time is fast spent and we have to get out of here. Um, actually, for the consistency, two weeks in a row, I'm loving this. Thank you so much for being here. Please don't forget. This is a, a good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sunday is a good time. I swear. You see, you see. I mean, like I tell, like I told you earlier, like when we had that conversation. The, the accent has come back again. Let me tell you, the accent has come back again. Oh Jesus! It's not the accent. I mean, <laughs> I'm not even doing a better job. If that's, being that's, honest, the the that's the polar part. That's the polar part. That's just the polar part. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Bro polar part. honestly, talk, like, I don't know why I started saying that though. Even when I say, also, for, I mean, we are Nigerians for Kaya. So we say, ah, what, uh, water, water bottle. But it's more like water. I'm like, if you don't say, say it the way they, they say it over here, it's a problem. It's a big problem, to be honest. I can accept the accent. Just accept the accent. You understand? It's a sign of good living. I, 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 I need to survive now. I need to survive. Exactly. I accept the accent. So, I listen to that Thank you so much for being with us. Um, until next week, um, have a lovely week, everybody. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, have a lovely week.